0: Everybody, still morning here in Denver. I'll, I'll count 11 o'clock as morning, right? Um, and Amanda, you look like it's a morning over there drinking your What are you drinking? I know. I'm trying to warm up. I'm so
1: cold. <laughs> yeah, you just said you
0: had a, a cold run this morning?
1: Yeah, I was like 28. And I don't know. We've had such a mild winter. And now, like the last two weeks, we've had cold. And it's, it's hard to adjust again, I think. I don't know. I think I, I was think... underdressed. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I hear you. No, I mean we are uh, right now. It's uh, supposed to be seventy-two
0: here in Denver today, and we've had. Se- I mean, it is. It scares me because I feel like the wintertime. I mean, the summertime is going to be, like hot lava, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like a hundred degrees and so dang hot. Um, so, but but next week we're supposed to get snow, which is you know we've had oh. very little snow this summer. Kind of okay. Heat. It's opposite day. It's opposite day this this winter. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so uh, so anyway, so that's where we are. Um, and thank you guys for joining us. I know we've got um, a, a handful of people already here. So if you have questions, um, you have a couple options. We can either um, I can either read your question out loud if you've got some distraction going on, a baby, a toddler you're at an office and <laughs> you don't want your boss to know that you're on a webinar. Um, or, um, so you can type it in to the little question thing. You've got a sidebar that lets you put it there. Or you can also wait, wait, there's a little hand, rate, hand raising thing. Sorry, I need to slow down a little bit. Um, and then I've got a whole sheet of questions here from you guys. Um, so what I'm going to do is we're going to kind of, Launch into those first, um, and then I'll kind of keep an eye on on questions. And um, if they come up, and and you know, we love the interaction part of this to be fun. So if you do have a question, let me know, and and we'll um, we'll chat with you. Okay. Um, so first of all, how do you think it's all going? I I love. I mean, I could live in those Facebook pages, Amanda. I just it's so fun to to read people's victories, right? And it, and-
1: it is. It is that, and then the other element that I love. I love watching how everyone is supportive of everyone else. Yes. I mean, I think it's really really cool and how just virtually everyone is connecting and um, you know, find, finding finding the support there. So, it's very
0: Yeah, cool. I mean it is. It is very uh, you know, and that's and that's one thing that, you know, I don't know if it's just runners or if it's women or it's just I I don't know. You know, I don't know what subset how our little Venn diagram, you know, comes into these women that end up in the train like a mother program, but I just feel like they are just you guys are just such quality people like i I could be friends with any of you right like yeah, I just I, I love that I love that yeah. um, just the, the the generosity of spirit um, is great, and we're all going for our own goals i mean there's definitely some some very um, determined women in there for sure, but it's it's still not at the expense of cheering anybody else on for their goals, even if yeah. you know and um then the other thing is, I love the honesty, right? I mean, someone was saying, uh, I can't remember her name, but you know, her husband has a norovirus. Um, yeah. What else? Oh, she has to go to a funeral, a funeral. and oh, and her yeah. first half marathon is coming up in like two weeks, and yeah. she's like, "Sorry for the bitching," or she didn't say bitching. I said bitching. Right. Um And I and I, you know, I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's what we're here for, right?" Because life absolutely. is always going to get in the way of training. So absolutely, I love it. I love it. Okay, yeah. so here's some some specifics. I mean, I think it is now end of march. So we are heading into racing season. Um you know the first marathon waves, you know the the ones that we we had a couple people racing in in late march, but most people April is when the um half marathon waves are going off and then May is when the 10k and um marathon waves go off, right? I believe that's yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. um so we've got some racers coming up in the half marathon plan. We'll do another webinar in April that's that's very much um talking about racing. And we definitely have some racing questions in here as well, yeah. but um, just wanted to kind of give you a little uh, snapshot of where people are. So um, Laura is in the 10K program, and she's saying, can we look to the 5K practice race in the training plan to set some pacing goals for the 10K? If so, what is the formula?
1: Yeah, so I think that's a, um, a great question, and I think that… Um, practice runs like that practice races like that are a perfect way to figure things out. So um, what I would recommend is go into that 5k and run a good hard effort in it. Um, Try to try to go for kind of an even split if you can over those three miles. And um, you know, I don't want to say leave everything out on the course, but leave a, a good, good amount out on the course and then <laughs> come back, use that time and um, plug it into something like a Macmillan calculator um, that can help you figure out what your realistic 10K pace should be. Um, so that's, that's one of the reasons I like having that practice race in there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: And it's 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 in week eight for the 10Kers and they race on week twelve. So it's it is a pretty nice indication. It's not, you know, you can get it yeah. maybe a a tiny touch faster, but you're not gonna yeah. make massive gains or losses in those four weeks, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's a perfect
1: place to gauge and great. things
0: out. And we give you um in that week eight email, we give you how to like some pacing guidelines and um some some ideas of how to run that really well. So um so take a look at those for sure. Yeah. Um, and then Laura has another question. Can you look? Can you talk about how performance nutrition varies or doesn't for 10k versus longer distance training runs? Having gone from last year training for an ultra marathon and doing zone one heart rate training for really long runs um, versus some of these more intense effort runs, um, but they are so much shorter. Um, I'm not pre-fueling at all; just sticking with a nutritious, balanced diet through the day. But I want to make sure I have enough fuel in the tank. Um, so. I guess, I think she's asking, should she eat on a 10K? Um, there's, she she yeah. goes on, but let's, let's talk about that question first.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, your, your biggest, I think with a 10K, your, your biggest concern is not, um, you definitely don't need fuel during the race. Let's put that out there right there. You know, there's, there's no reason that you, you, you should be able to make it through six miles without any goo or Gatorade or anything else like that. So I want to say that first of all. But um, your, your biggest Issue and difference when it comes to nutrition is going to be that that you're going hard and um, you're going to want simple substances in your system that are not going to be difficult to digest because you know you're going to be more prone to a little bit of um, of stomach distress when you're going that hard and you're going to be just basically running off of glycogen not you know you're not even going to tap into your fat sources for the most part on um, that distance of a race so. Simple is best. Higher carbohydrate, best. That kind of approach, you know something heavy and you know like heavily laden with protein that kind of thing It's not going to work well for you on a 10k distance Um, So that would be my strategy and and big differences, you know, you can tolerate a lot more over um, An ultra distance, you know, you've got time to digest you're going slower Um, 10k fast paced hard paced you don't want a lot of heaviness in your in your belly so yeah
0: when you've hit on this next part but i mean so she's you know talking about race um, prep nutrition um you know she's going to be out there for under an hour she says but racing at such a higher intensity i really don't like having much food in my stomach but i know i need to have easily accessible glycogen in those muscles for such a hard effort so um so i mean so what is she eating breakfast I mean that's the biggest thing right like
1: yeah yeah and again and and it's I mean it's fine that you don't like to have a lot in your stomach for a 10k because you don't need a lot in your stomach for a 10 k I mean you're just basically topping off the tank at that point um so something really um readily available to your bodies like um you know like maybe half of a bagel or you know a banana or um if you don't like solid foods, you can easily get by on just you know chugging some some noon or something like that um just you know you want you wanna you wanna top off the glycogen stores um not go in you know in a depleted state and um keep it very simple
0: yeah for sure so and and obviously it goes without saying um." Laura, that you should practice, you know, maybe if you haven't done the 5K yet, or you haven't, um, you know, do do your pre race nutrition. I mean, you know, 10K, you don't need to carbo load or anything the night before. You just yeah. keep eating a balanced diet. And then that morning, see where you are. I mean, maybe you don't want anything, and I think you would be okay, don't you think? Or do yeah. you think she does I mean, need a Yeah, I mean, off? I would
1: feel like to see you put in a couple hundred calories, even if it's okay. just calories. I okay. think, yeah, I, I think okay. you still want that. Um, but, um, but, yeah, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate and, and should be something simple. Okay, yeah. awesome. And look at this coincidence. Um,
0: Andrea Good's question is up next, and she's here, so I am going to unmute you. Hi, Andrea. Hello. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm actually
1: driving, but I'm on hands free. <laughs>
0: okay, good. Don't don't get any accidents. Thank you. You've been you've been so awesome putting up all your little uh, videos on the ten k page with you know uh, coming yeah. from the great white north. Great.
1: Yeah.
0: The mine is ten Celsius this morning. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So you can't complain, Amanda. No, you're, no, you're not, not. old. Nope, you're I'm like out. tropical. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on with you, Andrea? What, what, uh, what do you want to talk to Coach Amanda about?
2: Um, I just don't feel like I have any speed. Like I just am slow. Like even when I try to go fast, it's still like five thirty pace. So that's a lot per, you know, per kilometer. But um, yeah, I just don't feel like I got any speed right now.
0: So I'm going to read that just so people can hear that because you're a little, you're just uh, pretty low in volume there, Andrea. So she's she's in five, week five of the 10K plan and she, she's worried about her speed. She doesn't feel like she has any. Um, and you say maybe it's because it's cold out and I have a lot going on,
1: but she wants a speed she had last summer. Will it come back? <laughs> um, yes, it will come back. Um, and I don't know if you had any gaps in there or not um, in between last summer and when you started training again. You know, do, do, did you have any time like you know downtime where you really weren't training much? Yeah. I mean just very minimal training, we'll say. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's not gonna come back immediately and it can feel very frustrating and like, oh my gosh, when is it ever coming back? Um, but it will. In mean, week five, you're not that far into it. And if you had a gap in training, that that makes sense right there. Um, so I you know, it's hard to be patient, but be patient. Um, and, and it will like one of these days you're just going to kind of look back on your week and go okay that kind of clicked um, You know, so I just I, I wouldn't worry and think that anything's not working or you know that that your speed is Gone MIA will never return it, it will it's just it's just a process and um, I think you know Give it a couple of weeks and I would bet you know it's week seven week eight I'll bet you you'll start feeling a little bit more um back to yourself. And you know, if not, feel free to 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 ping me on that.
0: Okay, yeah. okay. I'm curious too also, um how much does strength training play into speed in your mind? I mean, I've heard that from some other coaches and I just am interested in hearing talking having you talk about it a little bit, Amanda, is making sure that you know the strength training doesn't become the prehab routine, the strength training doesn't become optional, right? Which is easy for yeah. all of us to do.
1: Yeah. And I am a fan. I mean, I think I've said it, you know, I say it over and over again. But I am a fan, and I think, especially for speed, you get a little bit of strength in your legs. It really makes your legs snappier, and um, and can really carry you far. So yeah, and, and in particular with with the shorter things like a 10k program, um, yeah, don't, yeah, don't 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 uh, don't forgo it if you can. Are, are you slacking on your speed uh, on your strength, Andrea? Maybe a little
0: bit, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> Sorry, not calling you out. Uh, it's totally fine. I think we can all do. It. You called out, that's
2: good. I will. I'll step it
0: up. Yeah, it's not just. Yeah. It really just is not honed on the treadmill or on the roads. It really is. A, it is a um, a combination of 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 course your miles, but also the the time that you put into building your foundation, your muscular foundation. So, not sexy, not always fun, but but worth it. Yeah. Alright, uh, moving on, um, let's see, um, Marie has a question, um, but she is, it looks like she's uh, got her Do Not Disturb sign up, so I'm just going to read it. Um, she wants to know, so this, now we're headed to the half marathon group, Okay. I would love to know how to train for an intense downhill race. Um, I am debating running one, but I don't know if it's worth the beating on my quads and knees. I know the basics of downhill form and would train a lot with hill work. But I'm more curious about long-term, is this worth it kind of advice? And she brought up the rebel races, which I don't know if you know or not. Have you heard of the rebel races, Amanda? No, they're out know. here, they're out west, and they are down. I mean, that that is kind of their signature, um, you know, two to three thousand feet downhill in a in a half marathon. So, yeah. um, so how first of all, how how does she train for that? And then secondly, would she be doing kind of long-term damage, do you think?
1: I don't. Think There would be long-term damage from that. I think I think um, you know train appropriately for it and you should be okay and um, As far as appropriateness goes um, Quads are going to be your your big issue for for downhill racing um, so my recommendation would be lots of strength training that does focus on your quads to get the quads strength up and then um, you know we could tweak the program so that you're getting some good downhill repeats going um, I think that would be really really good um, to to uh, you know get your your legs accustomed to that kind of a, a trashing you know so um, and it is you know it's a different set of muscles and it's you know up, going uphill you're going to be a little more hamstring and glute focused going downhill you're gonna have a lot of um, a lot of the, the uh, pressure going on to your quads and so you know Doing some good downhill repeats can help prep you for that.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: And uh, yeah, I mean,
0: is there anything? I mean, is there anything you can do though? I mean, until race day, um, I mean, because you don't really want to. It's kind of like you don't want to run a marathon before you run a marathon, and you probably don't want to do the full downhill. But just the downhill repeats kind of takes the place of of uh, continuously running downhill.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, if if you've got a place where you can go and, and, you know, get in, you know, or even, I guess, like, even if just, if you've got a loop that incorporates a lot of downhills, I mean, which is probably by necessity going to incorporate a lot of uphills too. Um, But, you know, just like I would tell someone to, to, you know, if you're training for a hilly half marathon, go out and find a loop for your long runs where you can get in a lot of hills and you don't have to run them any specific way, but just, Constantly going up and down hills, and so I would say the same thing in reverse for downhills. Find a course, a loop where you can go out there and do a long run, and do it a few times. You know, do do your long run on that course a few times to get your body accustomed to to some of those longer downhills, more downhills, that kind of thing.
0: Yes. Okay. Great. Um, Let's see. We have a this actually. This is this leads in. It came in over email. Um, it's from Jen. It says. My training runs are usually done on very hilly spots around my town, and my race will be very flat, and that is in italics and bold, so I'm thinking pancake. Um, <laughs> my thinking is that all my uphill training will be just great for race time, but is that really good thinking, or will I be in for a surprise come race day? Will my legs not adjust as well to the flatness?
1: And that's for the half marathon, right? Um, I
0: don't the- know which which one she's in, to be honest with you. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I think it's either okay. half marathon or the 10K.
1: Okay. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I I think the thing that any of us who run hills regularly find when we go and do a flat race is that, um, your legs maybe do kind of get a little bit more tired because you're just using the same repetitive set of muscles, so, um, you know, I would say if there's any place to seek out some flat territory and do a few runs on it, um, you know maybe even a couple of your longer runs or midweek you know um, longish runs um, whether it's on a track maybe if that would help um, if you could find a track it's a boring 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 but you know or a treadmill um, just some way to get yourself onto some flat terrain and try to incorporate a little bit of that um, I mean I do think the hills are always going to make you stronger and um, I think it's fantastic and I'm not going to say stop doing that but maybe also get some some flat running in there to help you out with that specific goal in mind yeah. And I would add, I would, especially, I, I'm sorry, Jen, I don't have your last name, so I
0: couldn't look up your, um, your to see if you're half marathon or 10K, but um, the, you need to be ready for the mental component. If you are half marathon, you know, the thing that people kind of complain about hills, and I definitely get that, but I also feel like it really breaks things up, and especially in a longer race, it kind of gives you something, you know, you, you work hard, and then you get a nice present on the way down, right? And when it's flat, it's just you know just so repetitive like you said Amanda using the same muscles you know there's not a lot to look forward to except for the next mile marker um so and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing I'm just saying be mentally prepared for that because if you are always like oh I've got this hill and this hill and this hill and then you're like I got mile 7 okay here's 8 you know like there's just there's something about the it's a different kind of rhythm I guess so if it is important for you to run fast I would definitely like you said, Amanda, head head to some flat for a while, or even a treadmill will work as well if if that's not an option.
1: Yeah, yeah. The one nice thing is you can definitely, if you're someone who's good at tapping into a pace and holding it, oh, you know, yeah, that's a good. Point. That's a really nice thing on a flat on a flat race. You know, you just kind of start getting into this metronome kind of um, mindset, and you're just going, yes. yep. it off.
0: Ticking it yeah, off, it off, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a very good point too.
1: Um, and this is actually going back to the
0: 10K. This one came in over email as well, um, so we're a little out of order. The 10K training plan ends with race day. What do you rec- recommend for recover, for recovery? I'm sorry, either for a 10K in particular or generally in principle. Um, uh, and before, generally, before and- that. Yeah, before you answer that, Amanda, I will say we will send an email out, so I know that the plan ends on week 15 or week 12. I'm sorry, but week 13 we'll have some ideas for you as far as recovery. But I'd love to have you answer that as well. So we're not sure, leaving sure. totally yeah. high and
1: dry. Well, I mean, first of all, I'm going to say, you know, for 10K recovery, um, the nice thing is it's not going to take a terribly long time, you know, a week, week and a half, and your legs should be back to normal for the most part, um, as long as you're, you know, treating it correctly, Um, and I I like to just in general kind of recommend a reverse taper, Um, you know, go back, look at your taper plan leading into the week and just kind of flip it around and ease on out of it that way. Um, and, and it's a great way to get back up to your normal mileage and, and um intensity that way. So yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. So yeah, so like just to me sometimes it is it clear, so you're gonna take race day and you're gonna go work out the other way. So if you know if you had an easy run on say the Thursday before race day and your race day was Saturday, you'll do an easy run on Tuesday, isn't is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Essentially, okay. yeah. You're just gonna kind of flip it and, it. and yeah. reverse. Back. Throw yeah. it into reverse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, Megan is asking,
0: after get, getting sidelined by a cold, what's the best way to ease back in? I had to take a week off, and I feel like I may be able to run at the end of the week, just in time for my scheduled long run of 10 miles. My instinct is that jumping back in with a long run would be a bad idea, but what's the right move? I am planning an easy run, but what kind of distance should I plan for, logistically speaking? So she's got 10 miles this weekend um, and wants to kind of what would you do with that situation if she'd been out for a week?
1: Um, I don't think a week is a terrible amount of downtime, um, uh, but you know, your body is probably still slightly weakened from the cold and, and fighting it off. Um, so you know, yeah, I think your instinct's right, I wouldn't jump in at the 10 mile distance, but um, you know, if you, if you can do it this weekend, like say Saturday was going to be your long run and then sh- something a little bit shorter on Sunday. Maybe try Saturday a little bit shorter, maybe like four miles um, as your first run back. And then maybe then if that all goes well and you're still feeling okay, your energy levels feel okay, maybe the next day then try something, you know, like seven or eight miles. And then then I would say the following week, kind of start, start over where you were. And I think you'll be okay. Um, missing one long run is, is not going to, you know, uh, break you in terms of, of what you can handle. Um, so, yeah, that's how I would look at it. For sure. Hope you're feeling better, Megan.
0: Yeah. Um, Amy is asking, uh, she wants to know how to transition to trail running. Do you need special trail running shoes um, and any tips on how to go from road to trail or vice versa? Oh, and you're here, Amy. If you want to talk, um, let me know. You got your little uh, Do Not Disturb sign up, so I'm not going to disturb you in case you're at work or something.
1: First of all, I love hearing that someone wants to try trail running. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, so, you know, okay, shoes first. It depends on the, the trail. Um, if you've got a pretty well traveled, buff trail, and I'm going to say out west even, I think out west, what I've found generally is they are a little bit less technical. You don't have all the roots and rocks that we tend to have out here. Um, and so I think you can get away with road shoes. Um, you know, certainly for your first couple ones that you're trying, I wouldn't go out and invest in a whole new pair of trail shoes until you learn whether or not you like it. Um, if you do like it, then you know what I would suggest is start looking for a pair of trail shoes that um, is a similar profile to your running shoe. So, like if you like a four millimeter heel to toe drop, or if you like a really cushy shoe, or something like that, try to find you know the the peer or the counterpart in trail shoes to what your road shoe is that you like, and I think that's where you'll be happiest. Um, in terms of um, learning how to run trails, um, I would say you just be prepared that it is slower than on the road don't even you know just do not worry about pace whatsoever it just you can't it is not apples to apples whatsoever Um, go by time as opposed to mileage so if say you're gonna run you know four miles in 40 minutes on the road go for a 40-minute trail run Um, yeah and you know if you're if you're going with friends um, know keep keep some distance in between you a little bit of um, space if you're you know single track and you're you're single file keep some space in between you so you can keep your eyes on on what's in front of you and um, not trip or run into the person in front of you that kind of thing Um, I don't know those would be my first couple of yeah that's exactly I mean that's kind of I
0: mean I and I think there's no harm in trying right I mean it's definitely worth trying I would pick you know if I were Starting I would definitely pick a well-traveled trail for your first one just so you have a sense of kind of you're feeling safe and and um, You know if something were to happen and nothing will happen, but just in case um, you know you have some you know you maybe you'll run into a couple people along the way um, and then I I would also just say like just go have fun I mean I really the thing about trail running is it just feels like an adventure like I always feel like I'm in a video game um, yeah. is What how I often describe it because it's just it just takes away um, like you said, you're not going to look at your pace. You're just going to go for time. And if you cover, you know, one mile in 20 minutes, that's okay. And if you walk, that is totally okay. I mean, it's always okay to walk. But there's a lot of times where hiking up a hill is more efficient than trying to kind of shuffle up it. So definitely. Um, yeah. Go have fun. I mean, and you can definitely run, you know, races on the trails, which is a whole other, really yeah. fun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a segment. That's that's fun to explore. Okay, um, so Kim. Kim is uh, the first time she's actually racing a half. She's been in a bunch of our marathon programs. She says normally all my half races have been part of my marathon training. Her half PR is two ten, and she wants to go below that. What kind of racing strategy should I follow? I'm finding I'm I'm having a hard time grappling with the distance. It's too short for my marathon mind, but too long for what worked in a ten k. Help. Oh. Hmm.
1: Okay. Um, you know, I think you need to adjust um let's I'm just gonna compare it to your marathon marathon mind um yeah. you know you need to adjust um and kind of um embrace the fact that if you're going for a time and a half marathon, um you're definitely going to have some uncomfortable miles in there um you know, and I would say like from mile eight on. Um, you know, it's probably going to need to hurt a little bit if you want to go for a time. You need to kind of be willing to, to know you're going to suffer a little bit um, and, and just, you know, know that that's part of the game and, and you can do it. Um, you know, uh, start conservatively just like you would in a marathon, only maybe just not quite as conservatively. You know, you, you still need to conserve some energy at the front end um, for those final miles, but not to the degree that you did for the marathon. Um, it's really kind of you know you are kind of striking that balance between what you've experienced with 10k you know going pretty hard pretty close to pedal the metal for that long amount of time versus the marathon where you can you know where you can or should kind of sit back and take it a little bit easier so it's it's finding that middle ground and it may take you a couple of couple times out there to kind of you know strike to figure it all out and, and strike the right pace for for what you're after, so don't put too much pressure on yourself for your first half marathon um, you know to get like you know a certain well I guess if you know that it was maybe it's not her first maybe I missed that it's not, it's not her
0: first she but she usually does it as training runs for a marathon so she's yeah. not she really wants to she wants to race this so it 's her first time right. racing it it's not her first time running well, and you put up on the Facebook page at one point, um, Amanda, you talked about um, warming up and then racing a 10k or something like that talk about that do you know what i'm talking about um i, I think... there was there was someone that 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 hit a pr <laughs> um last i feel like it was recently and i'm sorry i'm so bad with names i I'm, I'm so much better with your facebook profile pictures yeah. than i am with your name um but it was somebody who wanted you wanted advice on how to race the the half marathon does that ring any bells
1: um i th- yeah i think um there was somebody who maybe was Maybe wanted to get in a certain amount of mileage and, as a training run, and was using a 10k for it, maybe, or so, And I, I don't. Well, so um, okay. Sorry, right. maybe maybe I'm mixing things up. No, I don't know that, but that's what sounds familiar to me. But um, you know, and so I think I, in that case, I probably told her to to tack on a couple of miles at the front, run a good you know good 10k, good solid 10k, and then run a few more miles afterward to. Add up to her long run. Okay. Getting run All, the right. All right, so I'm wrong. Okay. No, I think I think that's what it was. But which okay. is a great strategy. I mean, if you have that opportunity, you know, it's a great way to go out and, um, you know, get in that good, dedicated um, stretch of miles at a, at a certain harder pace, and then still have to continue on afterward. You know, and and okay. kind of get that yeah. sensation of those final few miles in the half marathon. Sure. I mean,
0: we're going to go over, um, so next month we'll really um, go through the racing strategy, but, I mean, Kim, if you're racing prior to when we do the April webinar, I mean, that's, you know, the one thing that I often think of is, you know, the first half, am I going slow enough, and slow being a relative term, I mean, so meaning that you shouldn't, you know, even in a half marathon, I don't think you should be feeling like it's too hard, right, for that first half, right, Amanda? It should be yeah, yeah pretty conservative. Yeah. 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 And then the second half is, am I, am I pushing myself enough? And it's not like you hit, you know, mile 6.55 and you're like, okay, and now I turn it up, you know, but it's like more like, you know, okay, now is the time to push. Like it's pushing appropriately at the right times, you know? And like Amanda said, after mile eight, it's going to hurt. After mile 10, you're going to, you know, be kind of counting the clock down a little bit. I mean, I know I always am when I'm trying to to push. So, um, you know, it's, Coming down to, to pacing and all that, and if you have you know specific questions about um, where 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 you want your splits to be, Kim, you know just just ask us and and we uh, yeah, yeah. can answer for sure.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: okay, Lisa's asking. Uh, let me just make sure, Lisa Roberts. Oh, you're here. oh, Lisa. You, Lisa, you have your little do not disturb thing up. If you want to talk, um, let me know, and I'd be happy to uh, undo this. Actually, I think let me just see if I can get you, just because this is a great question. Are you there, Lisa? Lisa? No. OK. Um, OK. Uh, Lisa's asking, how do you deal with a surge of adrenaline and emotion at the end of the race? When I see the finish line, I get so overcome with emotion I have a hard time not hyperventilating. It makes for ugly finish line photos and it's hard to push <laughs> through to the
1: end. Thanks. <laughs> um, that's interesting. It's funny. I know. I- uh, yeah, I always get it. I always get that surge of emotion at the beginning. Like, I'll find sometimes I get teary-eyed as the race gets started. It's 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 so weird, you know. Like, where does this come from? But I guess it shows we're just invested in it. Um, yeah, we care, right? I think that that's a yeah. great point. Yeah, and and I don't know. I mean, I, I, I so is her question really just that like the emotion impacts her to the degree that she can't. Keep pushing and and yeah, the pace. she has
0: a hard time not hyperventilating. So she gets so overcome with emotion when she gets to the finish line. She's so dang excited and proud as you should be. That yeah. She, um, so I mean, what I mean, so I would probably pra- practice that, don't you think? I mean, almost like visualize it a little bit during yeah. your runs, and especially during at the end of your long runs, or if you are in a plan that has harder runs where you're working really hard. Um, you know. I, I know that I often put myself towards the finish line, mostly because I just like the glory. <laughs> I mentally <laughs> put myself at the finish line. I like the glory. Um, but I think that's that's one strategy. Do you have other ideas? That's
1: yeah, that's and maybe maybe come question. up with a couple of um, you know words or um, mantras that remind you, you know, calm, um, you know, things like that, that that might help put you in a calmer state, you know, as you're approaching it and. Um, or you know, tell yourself, okay, with when I've got a quarter mile to go, I can just let that emotion out, and it's not going to impact anything, you know, it, that you're doing, um, you know, as far as finishing strong or anything. That at that point, you're you're good to go. That's what I'm saying. So you know, maybe just like come up with something that can help you hold it together until you get to that, you know, that yeah. like quarter mile to go point, and then just yeah. and then let it rip and then enjoy it. You know, I think it's okay to to have that emotion at the end. I think it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean the ugly cry—that's always good. Um, but the other thing too, I just—I'm just trying to think. You know, like uh, I remember this is a while, a couple of years ago. Um, but there was a study out about smiling and how that just like you know automatically improves your yeah. running and your efficiency and all that. So maybe instead of allowing yourself to cry, and um, I know sometimes "allow" is the wrong verb there because. I don't allow myself to cry. I just cry, right? <laughs> it kind of, it kind of just happens. But, um, but maybe try to smile and just see maybe if that that just that act that deliberate act of throwing a smile on your face, you know, kind of counteracts what you're doing what the rest of you, what you're feeling. Or, I mean, but I, you know, I, I the hyperventiling is uh, hi- hyperventilating is obviously an issue. But the fact that you are so invested in you and you're so um, emotional about it, I. I, don't, I think it's pretty awesome, personally. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So Kristen, and now we're heading up to the marathon group. Um, Kristen, mm-hmm. she says, um, I have about a month between marathons. The second um, race, I don't have any big goals other than just to enjoy them, just to enjoy it. Any suggestions for what kind of distances to run for long runs between the two races? So let's break that down first. So, because um, we talked a little bit about recovery, but recovery after a marathon is is pretty important um, after that first one. So, what would you do if she has four weeks in between two marathons?
1: I think um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest this if you didn't have another marathon coming up. But um, at the two week point, um, I think I would aim for about an 18 miler if you can do it, and I'd do it really, really, really easy. Um, so, really take those first two weeks post marathon, post first marathon, very, 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 very easy. I mean, really, really low mileage, maybe nothing the whole first week. That's kind of my rule of thumb, anyhow. I like to just kind of have people just lay off running it all um, entirely for that first week. Second week, just a couple of really short runs. And then for that long run, two weeks in between, I think I still would aim for about an 18, 16 to 18. Um, and and then and then taper out again from there yeah, really. Um yeah, so week seventeen and then head back into eighteen, right? Of their plan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um you should have, you know, plenty to sustain you by doing that. I mean you, you still if you compare, you know, the the um you know, the marathon plan three weeks out, you're you're running a long run and then tapering for three weeks leading into the marathon. Um you know, you will run a 26-mile <laughs> run four weeks yeah. prior to the second marathon, so you've got a lot in your legs. But I would still like to see you throw in one semi-long run in there. Yep, yeah, that sounds great.
0: I would also, I mean, just going back to the recovery. I mean, I would definitely that. I, I think every coach that I've talked to, including all of them in the Train Like a Mother Club, are take that week off. It might be hard, especially if you're feeling antsy about your second one, but you're not going to gain anything and you could potentially do a lot of harm. So I mean, yeah. you can go for walks, you can spin yeah. easy on your bike, but just don't run, please. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I would really, really emphasize self-care during that week. I would um, get really early bedtimes. I would dial up my nutrition. I would foam roll like a mother. I would really make sure because it's just – you know, two marathons in a month is, is a lot. Um, yeah. So, we don't want you to come out of this injured or sober doubt that you don't want to run anymore. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think okay.
1: That's the time that you would normally be getting up early to go run and sleep in. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. We
0: are giving you permission to sleep in. Yeah. Um, okay, so then in this here's here comes our next question. Um, any advice for dealing with tapering and the self doubting panic that always seems to bring? It Brings in a bring on in me so the tapering itself self doubting panic. I have just over two weeks until marathon day, and I'm already having the did I do enough to be ready? Oh my goodness, 26.2 is so far kind of thoughts.
1: Yeah, um, stupid tapers First of all, I, would it. say, I think it's yeah, <laughs> I think it's universal to feel like you didn't do enough. Yes. I think yes. everyone goes through that, everyone and and. And also, I would say it's almost universal that no one's training program goes completely perfectly to the letter, And and that's okay. There's wiggle room in there for it not to have gone perfectly. And it's okay to feel like you didn't do enough, um, but you did. And, um, you know, one thing you can do if you keep a training log, go back over those runs and remind yourself, you know, put yourself in that place. Remember those weeks where you were really super stinking tired out there doing those long runs and... And you know, struggling to get through it and everything. That's when you were putting in that work. And 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 if you can remind yourself of that, you can you can you know rest assured you did put in the work and you are ready. Um, And 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 remind yourself also that you know with two weeks left, trying to overdo any of the mileage that you have on your schedule is only going to cause harm. I mean, the hay is in the barn, and at this point, you can only have. Negative impact from putting more miles on your legs. So, you want to be concentrating all your efforts into repair, recovery, rest, and being ready. Um, and if you're so. antsy, what you can do, Kristen,
0: is make a whole bunch of meals and freeze them for the week after your first marathon <laughs> so that you don't have to prepare anything that week, but you've got good food waiting for you. Yeah. I mean, seriously, if you can just fill your time, that's, that's part of it, is that you just have this time that you used to be running. And so. Yeah. It is definitely the shift from the body to the mind, and, and not very there are very few of us who are really good at kind of you know handling the mental issues. So, yeah. um, so yeah. the more that you can just kind of stay busy and you know mentally you know visualize your race if you need to get your mantras down. Um, you know one of the things that I've done too in the past is um, just look through the training. I you know so you quiet the what ifs like and like you said Amanda. You know not every, very rarely does you, do you nail a training plan exactly. But look at all the things that you did, you know, you probably started training for this in um, December, right? So I mean, it is—it is, it is you've been working really hard for a long time and you've done a lot of long runs and you've done, you know, the strength hopefully and you've, you know, you've really put in the effort you need to so that there's nothing else you can do, you know? So revel in what you've done and then just go have a good time.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and fill your time. I mean, I, you know, I... I always, when I'm tapering, I look back over all the things that I put off while I was training hard, and that's when I do them. <laughs> like, I'm at the spare time. let's do all those things that have been on the shelf, so yeah,
0: totally. Um okay, Sarah, you have a question, so I'm going to unmute you and see if you're there. Um Sarah, are you there? Hey, oh, yes, yes. Tell us I what was you did because is
2: you in. Yeah. yeah, tell me about no. um. Yeah. So um, you were you were remembering something I posted. So and I just wanted to um, maybe it would help the person who was asking that question. Um, And it was great advice for me. And it was to take the first mile, four miles in my half, pretty slow and kind of warm them up, and then run a pretty good uh, 10k, and then finish out the race. And that worked really well for me. Um, Usually because I tend to go out too fast and then bonk like midway through.
0: So yeah. And so was, like that, that, you, was that your goal else. race, Sarah, or was that just and No, a... it wasn't
2: at all. It was a training race. I was, I mean, I'm just so pleased. I'm still so pleased. It's,
0: it's my <laughs> birthday and I'm still so pleased. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Congratulations. And so what did you do? So the, the, those last, so, you know, so you, so you basically got to mile 10.2, you know, if we're being really um, detailed about it. And so then, but you still had like three to go. So what did you do mentally with those three miles at the end?
2: Well, so, so mentally it helped me to break it up that way. So to sort of say, okay, when I get to number five, that's when I'm going to kind of turn it on, or you know, between four and five. It was also a very flat course, which was very helpful. Um, so I was able to kind of hold, hold pace pretty well. Um, and then once I kind of turned and got, I, you know, once I kind of got to 10, I decided I'd do a little time check and give myself a chance to fuel um, at that point. And when I kind of realized I was pretty close, um, it wasn't too hard to turn it on for the last, you know, two and a half miles to kind of get nice. in. It was a little it was painful, uh yeah. definitely. But, <laughs> but it's a good <laughs> pain. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> it was a good pain. Yeah, it was a good pain. It was very painful, but it was it was a good pain.
1: Nice. But thank right. you guys. Yeah. And, and now and now hearing all that it all comes back to me and, and you know, I think I think we were like a combo of what 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 you were saying what I was saying was. was a combo. What what she actually did. So
0: yeah, yeah, that's great. And so Sarah, when is your um when is your target race, your final race for the, of this training cycle?
2: So my yeah, so my target race is actually a ten miler, but it's very hilly. Um, okay. And it's an, it's April twenty second. So um, actually got out and ran some hills this week, which was on the plan. It was uh, I wouldn't say it was my best effort, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So that'll this will be good training for a very hilly run, since you know it was pretty flat. Doing that half.
0: Good. Well, congratulations. Can't wait to hear about the 10 miler as well. Thank you for clearing that up. I think that that's that's awesome. It's it's always fun to, like I said, I can live in the Facebook pages, like, so, you know, vicariously, like, take your victories. I'm like, yay, it's so fun. So, good job. (laughs) Yeah, I'm such a fan of you guys. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for for being here today. Um, Okay, uh, we've got one more question here um, um, that uh, uh, came in over email. It's Sandy. Um, I'm just gonna see if it's this Sandy. Hold on one second. Hey Sandy, are you there? She's got the do not disturb sign up too. I'm I'm like, you know, people have put up the do not disturb and I'm like the annoying neighbor that's like, are you sure? Are you sure? Oh, she just took it down. Okay, hold on one second. Hi Sandy, are you there? I oh, am. Yeah. Hi, are you hey, the you one are. that are you from West Virginia? Yes. Oh nice. Okay. Well, so I got your question, but um but tell us what's going on cuz you got a an interesting situation going on.
3: Yes. Um so we started training at the end of December and everything was going great and then my um, best running friend that we always do our just we don't do every run together. We try to do our long runs together, but she started having some issues with her foot so she started going to the doctor and she just got really discouraged and was just like I don't think we can do the April 29th marathon. So about the end of February, we ended up just finding a new race, and we couldn't find one until September. So we are um, just trying to continue with the running, I'm trying to get in about 25 miles a week. Um, I'm doing one long run, we're usually doing one long run, you know, we'll do anywhere from 8 to 10, 11 miles every Saturday, and then during the week, I'm trying to do, um you know, one-hill repeat workout. Well, we're not doing any speed. But then after listening to the podcast about speed, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm behind because um, we should be doing speed. Um, but I am doing 25 miles a week, so I don't know if I should just continue what I'm doing right now and then – actually, I just calculated I will need to start the plan like the week of May, like, 10th or – so anyway, it's getting really close. Um, although we're in March, I still have the whole you know, month of April. Do I just continue kind of what I'm doing? What do I do in between the plan? Um, we've got some 5K scheduled. We've got a little triathlon like where we're not going to swim. We're actually going to kayak, but we're going to do biking. We've got a lot of races along the way um, over the summer. Um, but kind of what do I do when I'm in limbo in between in between plans?
1: I, honestly, I think 25 miles a week. I mean, that's that sounds great to me right now. I th- I think you're doing everything right. Um, you know, I, w- I wouldn't worry about it at all. And you know, Good if work. you want to throw a little bit of speed in there for some of these races you're talking about that are coming up, go ahead. Just you know, like some light interval work or something like that. But um, I don't know. I, otherwise, I think I think you're doing just fine. I don't I don't think you have to worry at all. I, you're not behind. You're you're going to come in in great shape to start a plan in May. Yeah, I agree. Okay. And, uh, I mean, what 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 race are you guys
0: going to go to now in September?
3: Actually, we are doing the Air Force um, in Marathon in as close to Dayton. Yeah. On
1: um, September the sixteenth. Okay. That's the the right Air Force, right, 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 Patterson Air Force one. I think.
3: Yes, it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That yeah. is. You're right. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I, I think that's great, and um, you know, I, you're gonna have a, a hot summer for long runs. Um, but you know, what's gonna be very about that, is that? Yeah. Yeah, but what'll be good about that is that you know, hopefully by you know late September, the temperatures will have cooled, and I mean, you're gonna you know hopefully be able to nail the fact that that you know take advantage of the fact that you did suffer through those long runs in the hot summer, <laughs> and and it'll really work to your advantage, hopefully. Uh. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think you know.
0: I think again, like Amanda said you're doing awesome. I mean, the, the, my one thing I would almost say is, if you need to take a week—not a week off necessarily, but an easy week—because you know, I mean, 18 weeks of focused training, especially because you were on it. Now you're still training pretty intensely, and now you're gonna head back into 18 weeks. Does that make sense?
3: Uh, are you still there, yes. Sandy? That's good. Yes. Thank you very much.
0: Sure. Great. Have a great, um, a great race, and we'll uh, we will. Um... The other thing I wanted to say to you and to anybody else, you know, if you get your training derailed and um, and you want to, you know, continue on on the same plan, like just email me and we can work out. Definitely, you don't have to pay for the whole plan again. Like we can give you a, you know, a small discount. I mean, a, or a, a charge a small fee to um, come back in and um, you know be part of the Facebook group and webinars and stuff like this. So I mean, if we want you to have a great race. Cycle. So, if that doesn't happen for some reason, just let me know and, and we can work on it together. So, Okay. Um, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I think that is it. Does anybody else have any questions? I'm just going to do one more little scroll through here. Um, and I think we're good. So, um, thank you, Amanda, for your time wow. today and all your expertise. It's always fun to just um, connect. And, yeah. Um, yeah, you know where to find us uh, on the Facebook page. You know, Amanda's your, your training guru. I can help with your um, administrative stuff. Or If you just need a cheerleader, I'm pretty good at <laughs> the cheerleading. Um, and, uh, yeah, great. Well, good luck, you guys. And we will be back around, um, like I said, uh, sometime in April. And, uh, and we'll turn this into a podcast as well. So if you want to re-listen on a run, you can do that too. Good luck. Have a great weekend and um, hope you warm up over there, Amanda. Thank you. All right. right. Take care. Bye.
1: Bye.